Welcome everyone, this is the Chat Footy Podcast, this is episode 3 on Saturday the 16th of June. We've had a, a good few talking points, but before we get into that, I want to introduce my co-pilot in all podcasts in the Whatever Entertainment Network, Mr. Dave Horrocks. Good evening guys and good evening Chris. Good evening mate. So it's been a great couple of days, hasn't it? It's the last time we spoke. We just kicked off the opening ceremony and we had the the Russia-Saudi Arabia game. And then we've gone full throttle into it, haven't we, now? We're, we're really into the World Cup now. Exactly. And if there was ever anything to sort of ignite the World Cup, boy, did we get it last night, Dave. Unbelievable game. Yeah. So, I mean, we might as well start there. So we'll, we'll say a little bit on all the matches, but let's talk a little bit about Portugal versus Spain. So... For me, I I think I think I had it down as a one or a two nil. I'll, I'll bring up the predictions in a sec. Um, but I thought it was going to be a pretty cagey affair. But probably the, I mean, it's undoubtedly the best match of the tournament so far, isn't it? And probably one of the best matches I can recall at this early group stage. Oh, without a doubt. I mean. Obviously, I did not give Portugal enough credit in my predictions because I predicted 4-0 to Spain. <laughs> um, <laughs> which yeah. The text between me and you were just like, uh, yeah, you've got the, the curse of the Phelps it was known as because literally I was watching thinking, what the heck was I thinking? And, you know, and obviously, you know, Portugal European champions, so I'm not giving them any credit at all. So I was completely wrong, but what a game, Dave. I mean, you know... It starts off and you're thinking, all right, there's a bit of a derby, a bit of a field tweet. You can see Portugal were trying to catch him on the break. And then it just absolutely just set itself on fire, didn't it? So, yeah, the the best thing about it was that early goal, wasn't it? That was the, the key thing. And probably not just getting an early goal, but Portugal getting an early goal. Because I think if Spain had got the early goal, they might have twisted the knife a bit. But it really lit the touch paper, didn't it, on that match? I do, I totally agree. I, I think it would have been an absolute pointless exercise if Spain had gone first. They'd have shut up shop, just tick-a-tackered it about till half-time. And then, you know, obviously Portugal were always going to have a go at them at some point. But, yeah, the game the game needed it. And, you know, obviously we, we get the uh, the penalty. Ronaldo steps up. And, you know, you get in like the comment, oh, you know, has he, got, has he got the nerve? And it's like, this guy's the best player in the world, I think. I think... You know, we, we've got the messy comparisons, but for me, if, and that's not just me from United tinted glasses, I'm talking about in the big games, he's turned up, whereas Messi is still yet to be seen in a major tournament for Argentina. And they've got probably better players, man for man. So, uh, you know, it's speaking with a little bit of hindsight, isn't it, from what yeah. we saw later today with, with Messi. But I've spoken privately to to yourself and Ben, I'm, I'm sure, over the past few months where I've said, you know what, I, I, I don't like Ronaldo. Really yeah. don't like him. Obviously, you know, there's the United link there, but just the way he conducts himself, uh, some, some of his behaviour, his antics, I, I, I don't like him as a person. But as yeah. a footballer, utmost respect for him. I mean, he is just, for me, he's the best. Now, I, I've heard commentators kind of make excuses for Messi, you know, so that, so they both got, they're, they're both fantastic players, aren't they? At the oh, end of world the day, class, you know? world class, Dave. But I've heard people say like, oh, well, you know, Ronaldo gets a lot of headers, you know, as if, as if to say, well, because Messi scores more with his feet, you know, that should count for more. And I'm like, headers are part of the game. And it's it's not just as if 
they bounce off him and, and go into the corner. You know, he leaps like a salmon, doesn't he? You know, I saw uh, the, the goal he got against Wales. You know, he, he leapt pretty much as tall as me, I think, you know, to get to that goal. So, and the fact that, you know, we were talking in our preview show, weren't we, about, you know, is this is this his last tournament? Well, phew, crikey, he, he doesn't look like he's on the on the way out, does he? No, and I said he, I think it is as well. So, I, I mean, look, I know it's only one game, but just seeing what he's capable of and lifting that team, because, you know, Messi's got Aguero, Di Maria around him, you know, Mascarano, he's not got run-of-the-mill average players like Ronaldo has. There's probably only Ronaldo, maybe one other player who's any good. So, that you know, that you would say are a top-level sort of thing. But but yeah. Ronaldo is like the top of his game with Messi. And it's it's a testament, one to Ronaldo, and it's a testament to his team and the manager. Because, obviously, that was such a good... And I know it's a draw. So, you know, Portugal probably be more happy than Spain, which he obviously were at the end. But what a, a game and what a sort of igniting of the flame sort of thing. Real, you know, the touch paper's been lit now and it's going to take a heck of a game to beat that in the whole tournament, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't believe, you know, when he got that free kick, you know, the commentators were saying, oh, he's got... He's missed, like, his previous 45 <laughs> free yeah. kicks or something like that. And I'm like... Every time I see him, he, I think he's going to score. So it must be just one of those mental bias things. But also, most of the free kicks I've seen him take are, are with the laces. Yeah, you know, He has that particular style of hitting it full on and it makes the ball move all over the place. And I thought, well, if he hits it like that, there's no way he can get it up and over the wall. He's it, just, this is going into the crowd. But then, you know, he gets it with the side foot and oh, it's just brilliant. It, it's, you know, it's high and wide, isn't it? And then it curls right back into that top corner and you're just like, oh, brilliant. Exactly. And we had the curse of the commentator because Danny Murphy was saying, wasn't he? Uh, you know, he's not, he's, he's not going to be able to get this over the wall. He's not going to have to do this. And he pretty much did that. Then he curled it, but he still had to get it round and up, and everyone was laughing, I believe, on Twitter. Danny Murphy's name was tw- tw- uh, trending on Twitter. Now, to be fair to him, it did go wide. On my initial watching of it, I thought he'd gone over the wall. You know, you, you see it live at the time, but I don't think he's heard the criticism, Danny Murphy, that he got as much, but I can see where everyone was going. It was like everyone was saying that thing, and I'd said it in the, the chat for what he gossiped today, you know, hold my pint sort of thing. So, you know, they said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And to be fair, I mean, what a goal from Nacho from Spain as well, Dave. Oh, what oh, a that goal. just gets better and better, doesn't it? Oh, unbelievable. Again, it's another one. It it It's not a half volley, is it? The ball's no. bouncing up in the air. He's caught it. And again, it's going like about three yards wide of the post and then just curls right in Roberto Carlos style. It, it's just fantastic goal. No, it was Dave. It was absolute class goal, and and you know, obviously, I'd not. I actually had gone out the room when that had gone in, so I didn't even see it. I was upstairs getting changed, and I was like, oh, and they were all going on about it, and then I didn't really see it till the end because there was that much action going on. Yeah, and when I saw it, I was expecting this like top corner rifle, you know, like an yeah, the way the ball yeah, yeah. was yeah. coming over to him. When I watched the replay, I thought oh, he's going in the top corner, and then just to see the skill, that's like the sort of thing you see before a game where the, these, the players are dead relaxed and they're you know, like just messing around sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 when there's no pressure on them or anything. 
they hadn't just given away a penalty. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. In the match, you know, so... Exactly, really clever. And as me and Dave are watching this, Croatia have gone one up against Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Just seen that for 32 minutes. But yeah, quality on show, on the whole pitch, was there to be seen. Two of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. And I must admit... I- when Spain were passing it around at one point in the second half, I think when they were 3-2 up, and they received the ball in such congested areas with utter confidence, I was thinking, you know what? We're sort of quietly, you know, we're quietly hopeful, aren't we, of, of England doing something. But yeah. I tell you what, they'll they'll never get the ball off them. No, we're not designed to... to stand back England either are we in, in, in the whole sort of ethos of the country they, they haven't technically got the players to pass it around like that anyway so they can't play that way we've never got that technical level Dave so we're always going to struggle and when they're chasing the game like that you know there's going to be a mistake somewhere with yeah, England yeah. I mean yeah. I could be tempting fairly might come out and steamroll Spain but I really can't see it no, no matter how optimistic we are this World Cup Obviously, we're, we're hopeful but um, yeah it, it, they were all both teams were impressive and I think Ferdinand highlighted it brilliantly where, you know, there was one point in the match where Spain were just passing it around Ronaldo and he just yeah. was not interested. It was in the middle of the park. So it's not as if, you know, it was down the Spain end. It was in the middle of the park. And if it was someone like, you know, you mentioned Mascherano before, even if it was just him against four players passing it around him, he would be going hell for leather trying to get that ball back. And Ronaldo has just stood there like annoyed, like but not doing anything about it. So that that's obviously not that's where he conserves his energy. But then yeah. in that final third, he's he's just unbelievable. So I mean, he's unbelievable. I I think. You know, and, and again, we were speaking about top goal scorer. There, there's more teams and more matches now, isn't there? So, so I do think it it will be you know on the order of ten will be about the top goal scorer. But you've got to fancy him with that with that start. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I mean, second goal, Chris. Yeah, his left peg. What what was going on there? <laughs> I knew you'd bring that one up. <laughs> the only thing I can say positive about it, Dave. De Gea wasn't wearing a United shirt. That's the only thing <laughs> I can say because I know the Liverpool fans were chomping at the bit uh, saying like, we've all gone quiet as United fans, but not really because obviously he wasn't playing for us. So yeah, we, yeah. We, we'll let him have his slip. Um, and that, but it was, it was awful keeping, Dave. And, that, and then I've not seen him make a mistake like that since I think it was Sunderland in the League Cup a couple of seasons ago. They come to Old Trafford and they... Went to ex- it was going to went to extra time. We were just before penalties and the goal went in like that, like a lack of concentration. But it was a poor mm-hmm. goal, a real poor goal. And to be fair, Spain were two one up at that point. You know, it was only one. It was one. No, it was one all. Sorry, it was one all because Diego yeah, Costa yeah, got yeah, a great yeah. goal, yeah. didn't he? That's right. Sorry, it went three two Spain, didn't it? Yeah, sorry. But yeah, I mean, Costa's goal was a great goal. He just bullied him, didn't he? That was a old school Costa. That you know, I I can't. I can't work out Costa because I, you know, his, his record is his record. So, so you can't argue with that at all. But you know, when you look at a player and you kind of weigh them up, and you know, I look at him, I think he doesn't look that quick. He doesn't look that skillful. <laughs> no, he doesn't look physically that strong. But clearly, he is because he's he's a beast, and he just, like you say, he just bullies people off the ball. And he's just so effective. 
And and that that goal, you know, the second goal was a good kind of poacher's goal, wasn't it? But the first one, it's just awesome. You had three kind of around him, and he's just like picks his spot right, buries it right in the far corner there. Just another brilliant goal. It was, and, and like you say, he's not a traditional striker in any of the sense. He's not got the Brazilian or the Spanish DNA in him, has he really? He's more like an old English centre-forward. He is. He yeah, just hustles yeah. and harries and, and in some respects, I don't think he's ever as good, but he's a bit like a bit of a Drogba anyway. Drogba was reliant on his strength and his power. Drogba did have a nice touch to his, his game, whereas he's similar in that respect that he's a good figure point. And I think you can see with goals like that why Chelsea have missed him. Uh, because he is yeah, just absolutely, new, and what I'm always surprised with Costa is he never got sent off in the Premiership for all the things he did. He never ever got sent off. You know, you, he's you, you, clearly very smart as well, isn't yeah, he? About how he does it all exactly. He's a dirty bee. I won't swear, but you know what I mean. But he is just classy because he's one of them players like Ramos. If he was in your team, you'd absolutely love him because he's yeah, just yeah, horrible. Right? Yes, yeah, so obviously it. We had a couple of games on that day as well, just before this. We had Egypt v Uruguay, where Uruguay won in uh, injury time, didn't they? 1-0 with a header. Um, and that was a pretty much a stalemate. I watched that one. It was, you know, Uruguay won an Egypt. And Egypt were clearly missing salary. He didn't even come on off the bench, Dave. I don't know if he caught any of that in the highlights. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a strange one, that one, wasn't it? Because... Sorry, Croatia just had a... Cracking header. Header, no, um, just yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they made a big point. They had him on the bench, and it was nil nil right towards the end. And you're thinking it, it just needs that one bit of quality. So if he was remotely fit, you would have brought him on. Yeah, because he is that game changer. But the fact that they didn't bring him on just made me think: is, is it just propaganda? Is it is it just like a is it for the fans, like a feel-good thing? Oh, yeah, our talisman, salaries, he's fit. You know, he's here, but, you know, he's he's not really here. He's really not capable of playing. It, it was just a bit strange. I thought if he was past as fit, I, I think he would have been on the pitch. Yeah, I agree, I agree, because... There was times there where you think they could just do with that bit of magic, Egypt. They weren't far off Uruguay. It's just that they didn't have a lot of cutting edge at the end of the field, Dave, and it was just so obvious. And I think I think they were relying, Egypt, that they were going to draw the game and then Salah would play in the second one. And by the yeah. time, obviously, Uruguay scored, it was too late for him to come on then to make any impact. And it gives them all time, but they could have wrecked the chances of going through now because it was a bit of a gamble. Yeah, I mean they they need they need to win the next game now, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Even four points, I think. I mean, obviously we're only one game in, but potentially four points might not be enough. So, yeah, well, well, they, I mean, everyone's going to beat Saudi. I, yeah. I, you know, you we're pretty sure about that. So, you know, it's down to the results against. Well, it's down to their results against Russia, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And that's not going to be a walkover. So, uh, especially with, like we were saying yesterday, they look very buoyant, Russia. So, interesting to keep an eye on it. And then we had uh, another game, which was Morocco v Iran, which I'll hold my hands up, Dave. I didn't actually catch any of it. I saw the goal again at, right at the death. Another uh, goal, which was Yeah, so, I mean, I caught bits of it and caught, uh, caught the highlights. I think it... It was an interesting one. I think Morocco looked like the better side and then it 
it sort of ebbed and flowed. Like Iran came a bit more into it. But I think I think all through the match, you know, even though it ebbed and flowed, I always felt that Morocco had it in them more to, to get that goal. But then absolutely brilliant, you know, Iran pop up at the end and, and get the win there. Yeah, very clever. I mean, I th- it's, what, what I like about stuff like that, though, Davies, they've got three points now. So potentially they could scrape through by losing one and drawing one, could they depend on other results in their group? Yeah, yeah. That, and that's what I like about the World Cup, where you get these games where you don't think anything's going to happen and it's going to be a draw or whatever. But one team, because we've had it in the past where like Italy and that have gone out of World Cups because of results like this, where an unfavoured team has won, won one match, but they've scraped a draw against in Italy, where Italy have maybe yeah. lost one and drew one and they've got a win. And, and it does happen. So we'll have to. Um, keep an eye on that one Dave because I'm sure Iran going through to the second round have been massive odds at one point yeah yeah and obviously I guess Portugal and Spain so Iran are top of that group now aren't they and you've got Portugal and Spain on a point and Morocco on no points so if you're looking at Morocco you've got no points and you've got to play Portugal and Spain. You you <laughs> you might as well book, book your ticket home, to be honest. But yeah. you know, I'm sure they'll give a good go of it. But you know, it's going to be really, really difficult if they get through. It's, they're really going to do it the hard way, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, good uh, good results. So they they move on, and then today we've had one of the well the controversy surrounding the France v Australia game. I re- didn't realise it had started so early, to be honest, Dave, because I said to you, and I fancied Australia to get something. And they were looking like they were going to get something, but then good old VAR stepped in, didn't they? And, uh, you know, not ruin the game, but give the right decision. But obviously the Australians are kicking off now because it's sort of stopped them from getting a point at least. And then good old... So I, I only saw it in the text. I've, I've actually been at a football tournament all today. So... So I've just picked up bits of of what's been going on. So what what actually what actually happened? Because when they'd been trialing VAR earlier this season, it was really slow, wasn't it? And the crowd didn't know what was going on, and you know it seemed to go on for minutes and minutes. So so what what actually happened? Well, Griezmann went through, and one of their defenders. Josh Riston, I think he's called. I'm just looking up his name now. He went in, but he actually sort of clipped the ball and then clipped the man. So, obviously, they're all kicking off, the French. The ball goes up the other end of the field. Basically, Australia go on the attack. The next time the ball goes out, the ref then calls for VAR. So, it sort of, instead of just stopping the game or sort of... You yeah. know, like I think in theory, what you should it's do been, it's been and gone, sort of thing. Yeah, it's been and gone. It wasn't like it happened like a minute later, but it literally they sort of moved on in the game. And then when it went out, and then he awarded the penalty. So it was like, you know, I understand it's got to be the right decision, and I'm not saying it wasn't because he did catch the man, and the ball just sort of flicked. He sort of touched the ball, but it was one of them. Did he get the man of the ball first? Yeah, and. and, and that's I suppose that's what VAR's for, but I think when you're doing stuff like that, and you because potentially they could have gone to the end of the pitch, Australia and scored. What they're going to do? Award a penalty then after they've scored? Yeah, doesn't make any sense Log- logically. I mean, um, I think the the problem I have it with it, the way you've described it there is, it it doesn't sound clear cut. Yeah, yeah. 
It doesn't, Dave. And, and there was, I haven't seen which one it was, but I was watching the analysis on ITV before and they were saying there's a couple of clear cut ones because Phil Neville, there was a bit of a joke, wasn't there, yesterday where Phil Neville went to give his analysis on the BBC and just as he started talking, the BBC uh, went into like the standby mode, you know, like the uh, the test screen and caught him off. So <laughs> he was trending and everyone was saying that's the best bit of analysis he's done. <laughs> he <couldn't> <laughs> Most interesting. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't agree with that decision as well. He didn't agree with the uh, Australia one. He thought it should have just carried on and it was basically should have been down to the referee to give it. So yeah, I, I think if it's subjective, it should be the referee's decision. If it is absolutely nailed on, okay, give yeah. it. But for me, it sounds like because because Italy England was the was the same thing, wasn't it? it? It was a bit subjective. Ended up penalty was given, but you could argue either way. I, I, I think that's that's wrong. But I mean, yeah. it, it's good to get one out the way. So on the on day three, um, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be the last one, is it? No, and they, and they had Mark Clattenberg, obviously the referee on. He's working for ITV and he's in the studio. He was actually in the like the truck for this one, but tonight he's actually in the studio with Roy Keane and that. And he was talking, saying that the idea of VAR is so good, but it's the actual execution of it. And Roy Keane's yeah. like, you know, absolute nonsense. He doesn't pull any punches, done. He's like, it's taking too long. He said, and then they were like, well, he made the right decision. He said, yeah, but it took too long to get there. The flow of the game shouldn't stop. And like, I'm reading an article on this today, like, cause I've seen it in action. I've seen the replay of this goal, but it actually says Australia went upfield and the ref was uh, warned because he gets like, his watch has a buzzer on it. Which right, means yeah. you, need to, you need to check VAR, but the play went totally up the other end of the field. So it's an absolute nonsense thing if as I said they scored it just it's just a real bizarre thing it should just stop the game there and then if that's the case what an absolute that's the ultimate kick in the in the crown jewels really isn't it so if you if they'd have gone to the other end of the pitch scored and they just said right uh goals disallowed and it's a penalty against you yeah (laughs) I was just about to say that yeah you're right uh, and I'm sending you off. <laughs> <laughs> Three things. No, but Dave, yeah. you are actually right because that goal wouldn't have stood, would it? I was thinking then, thinking, would they have been able to score? And then they get a penalty. But actually, it wouldn't have been able to stand, would it? No, no. You, if, you, if you're bringing it back, you have, to, you have to bring it back. But again, you know, it, it'd be interesting if that ever did happen because, you know, the pace at which teams can counterattack you know, they can score in, you know, 10 seconds or something. So it'll be interesting if we get one of those in this World Cup. Exactly, exactly. Now, obviously, moving on, one of the... get Now, Dave, as I said, you were slagging me off for uh, saying about my predictions, but all of a sudden, I got to... Having a little friendly chuckle, I no, think, I don't mean... how I put it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. But, but yeah, like, you know, the, the curse of Phelps was running strong at this point, but the next two games... But- up, up, up to this point, you had so so in our little predictions league. Then, <laughs> yes, we we basically said so because we only decided midway through last episode, didn't we? That yeah, oh yeah, well let's keep score, and then so I'd put a little spreadsheet together and I said, well, if you get the result right, you know, so you call a win, lose, or draw, and you get that right, well that's one point. If you nail the score, that's three points. And up until this point, you had one point. 
<laughs> your one point was for calling that Uruguay had beat Egypt. <laughs> Every other one you got completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. But then we go into Argentina, Iceland, which I think, what did I have? I had down as a 1-0, Ben had as a 3-1, and you had as a 1-1. Yep. And then, obviously, uh, we had uh, Peru v Denmark as well. Yeah, you also call that as a as a one nil to Denmark. Mm. So you you went from you were bottom of the league at that point, the predictions league, with one point, and you've jumped right to the top. So you got seven points now. I'm I'm only taking it as a moral victory, Dave. I'm pretty sure I will be at the bottom by the end of the tournament if my predictions carry on. Then yeah, I mean, let's see it. It's nailing those scores. It, it, you know, it's intentionally weighted heavily for for absolutely nailing the score. So, I mean, at the moment, you've got seven points. I've got six points, and Ben's got four. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots and lots of games, lots and lots of football to go just yet. Of course there is. I mean, did you catch any of the Argentina Iceland Dave, or were you just totally out? To yeah, that? so so I, I came back midway through that Argentina Iceland game. Um, from what I saw, I mean, just what a fantastic result for Iceland. Oh, brilliant. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> beating England was no fluke, was it? You know, no. I, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And to be honest, from what I saw, Argentina had a lot of the ball. Messi had a lot of the ball. They just didn't do anything with it. And the Icelanders were were just solid you know, organised, everything we expect of them. And I, they didn't really look like conceding, to be honest. I think, like, watching it, I mean, I caught the last, probably about the same as you, last 25 minutes, half an hour, because we nipped out. And I come back, and we actually said it on in the car when Messi missed the penalty. And then I just got in to see the replay, of it. and it was a cracking save for the penalty. But they were down to 10 men anyway, Iceland. But then what? what was strange was... I think when you watch Barcelona with Messi, obviously everything runs through him and all that, but they, they do play to his strengths because he's yeah. part of the DNA of that team. So even though he has like a Suarez around him and he did have Iniesta and Xavi and, and you know and Neymar at one point, everything runs through him. But because with Argentina, that's how I see it, because with Argentina they've got players who are like on a different level in terms of like Aguero, like a Di Maria, Everyone just puts the ball to Messi and expects him to do stuff, but he doesn't play to their strengths. Obviously, Aguero needs service. Well, he's not going to get service from Messi if Messi's always yeah. got the ball. He's going to get service from Di Maria. So it's like they don't get the ball as much as Messi. And even at the end, you can see it was just dead. I mean, there's a couple of flash shots where one of them nearly flew in a left foot, which you probably saw. He cut inside and it was a belting shot. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good save, Messi. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, so it's like there's a couple there where you're like yeah fair and another day he would have scored and I'm sure he will score some cracking goals oh in- wait 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 you're you're talking about the messy shot aren't you which flashed past the post yeah yeah at the end yeah of- I was I was thinking actually it was a right foot footed shot it looked like a cross but one of those that's going to sneak in at the far post yes and yes. Uh, the keeper made a dive in save Ah, I didn't see the replay when he said save. I thought he meant he got a touch on it because I knew it flew 
Yeah, no, no, you're right. I was, I was talking about a different one. You, you're right. The, I know which one you mean now. That left-footed shot that, like, say, it looked like it could have, in real time. You're thinking this is going to bury in the far corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Messi special, and I think that's what the problem is with Argentina is they don't really know how to work with him. I know that sounds ridiculous because he's like you know him and Ronaldo, as we said before, the best two players the last 10, 15 years that that, or probably longer than that since Maradona, that that good, you know, both of them. But it's like, you've got to play around. I mean, they might not have enough time together when it comes to success because it always looks rushed and just give him the ball, just give him the ball and he'll do it, he'll do it. And he can't always do it because internationally, they're just going to crowd him, aren't they? And that's exactly what they do. Yeah. Crowd him. So I'll be interested to say, I'm not saying he's finished or anything, far from it, but I thought Iceland's tactics and that were brilliant. And especially with 10 men, that was outstanding performance in the second half. A bit of luck, but some really, really good uh, management and, and managing of the team and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be interesting how that group sort of pans out, won't it? You know, so in the next game, if they're playing Croatia, I mean, yeah. that, that's not that's not a walkover, is it? Again, no. Croatia will be very organised, very capable of of getting a breakaway goal as well. So, yeah, Argentina, you know, are going to find it tough, aren't they, to get through the group? And then, you know, then they'll play Nigeria, who also are going to be tough. So, yeah, could be going home early. Exactly. I, I'm still standing by what I said about France. I don't think mentally they've got it, Dave, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. I really don't think they've got it, but again. So who's in? So is it Peru and Denmark that are in France and Australia's group? Yeah, I'm not saying they won't get through, but I think there's going to be a result somewhere. I don't. I think there's just something about them mentally that I struggle with when I watch them. I just think, no, you've not got it, and I, I don't know what it is, but it always stands out with me. So I just I'll see. Yeah, they'll probably end up winning it, and you'll be like, Chris, this is one of your worst predictions. Yeah. Ever. But, uh, Actually, I'm thinking of going and having a fiver on them. To be honest, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Chris. <laughs> so I mean, did you catch any of the Peru Denmark game? They they had another. They had a missed penalty, didn't they? Yeah, I watched. Uh, oh, I skied it as well, uh, but I, I actually watched about again the last twenty five minutes. Dave, I was editing my vlog, which has actually gone up today, the first part. But I've was editing that, and I caught the end of it. And I tell you what, Peru were unlucky. They're a good, solid team. I mean, Denmark were doing well on the break, and obviously Ericsson was running the show, and they had a couple of half chances on the break. But Peru got some very, very technical and skillful players. They just couldn't get that clear cut chance. And Schmeichel made a couple of great saves at the start of the second half which could have changed everything. But I think Peru are going to cause problems, whoever they've got in the next round. The next game, sorry, next round of games. In fact, I'll check who they've got, actually, because I, I was quite impressed with them. So I think I think it's France-Peru next, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, on the 21st. Yeah, France-Peru. Well there, well, there you go. So you're saying France a bit mentally weak, Peru, good solid side. So mm. that, that'll be an interesting one. <laughs> I'll just put the kiss of death on any of these things. Yeah, I'm lumping on France. <laughs> <laughs> Five nil, yeah, yeah. But no, like I mean, we've got now we've gone through all the games. We've got Croatia, Nigeria's at half time now, and obviously Croatia are one nil up, and they're looking good for it. Nigeria have had a couple of half chances, but with Croatia are on it, so I don't, I can't see anything changing in the second half, Dave. But you never know. 
Um, Nigeria don't really look like scoring, do they? No. Um, I yeah. So I had this one down as a one-all. Ben had a Croatia two-nil victory, which yeah looks looks more plausible. I would have said. Yeah. Um, you've got a two-one Croatia win, so we're all still in it. Yeah. yeah we've we've got all three outcomes across the three of us. Um. And we're, they're all still possible right now, so <laughs> that would be interesting. So by the time I'm editing this, we'll obviously have the foresight. We'll, we'll know what the result is, but but right now we don't. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Exactly. Then obviously a couple of predictions for the upcoming matches. Then Dave. Yeah. So I've asked Ben to to send them through to me. So let's go. I think I went first last time, so I, I'll let you go first, and then I'll go after that, and then oh, right. back and well, forth. So, well, next one I've got down here is Costa Rica v Serbia. Yep, and I don't know much about either team, if I'm being honest, Dave. I know odds wise, I think Serbia are a bit up there, but they're about hundred to one. They were looking at I think Costa Rica in the two, three hundred to one. But we've not really seen a shock. And I know I'm one of them's going to come in when I hit that home run. So I'm going 2-1 to Costa Rica. Interesting. I am going to go 2-0 Serbia. You know, I thought in the last World Cup when they beat England, I thought that Costa Rican side was pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, and again, they didn't. It wasn't a fluke that they beat England. But from what I've seen in this last round of friendlies, and I know the friendlies are different to tournament football, they're just not that same side. And so I, I think, you know, Serbia, they've got some good good young players there. I, I, I think they'll win on that one. Yeah. No, that'd be good. I'm good to see what Ben says. I'm, I presume he'll be going down the same route as yourself, I think. But no, I've got to have one home runner, Dave. So that's my home run. The, uh, yeah, right. I'm going to do it. Well, time. I mean, you're, you're top of the league, so we have to knock you off. <laughs> or yeah. try to knock you off. <laughs> next right. one, next one up I've got is Germany v Mexico. So, I mean, this is only going one way, isn't it? I think so. I, I'd love to say Mexico give it a good go, but I know they're not the same team. And if they're still relying on Chikorito as the main striker, if he doesn't get any service, he's absolutely useless. So I'm going to go 3-1 to Germany. Yeah. So I think it's going to be even more comprehensive than that. I think, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go 4-0. <laughs> going for it. Right. I was going to I was going to say 3-0, which is probably more likely. But no, I think that... The Germans do start off strong, get a bit stronger, and then finish really strong. <laughs> but no, I, I think, um, yeah, I think I think they'll be tough to beat in that one. Yeah, and then the next one, Brazil, Switzerland. Well, I'm not a big fan of Brazil. Long pauses. <laughs> yeah, a long, a long, long pause. So you can edit that out, innit? I will, yeah. <laughs> But no, but, I, I, I genuinely am not a big fan of Brazil. I don't, I don't like what they stand for these days. I don't like this whole uh, Neymar roadshow that comes with it. Not that he's not a good player, but I also don't think that he, he thinks he's as good as Messi and Ronaldo, and he obviously isn't. You know, he's had flashes, but and plus he's been injured, 
So this is like his first real game because he's been mm-hmm. he's not played has he since uh, sort of like a couple of months because of his injury. So I'm actually going to go with a one-all draw. Okay, I think I'm going to go for a two-one win to Brazil. I I think I, as well. I it it could go not either way. I think most of the, Brazil will have most of the ball. I think Switzerland will be really organised. Uh, they're a technically good team still. I think Brazil will just have a little bit too much for them. I agree with the whole Neymar roadshow, and I tell you what, if he goes to Madrid, I, I just have no respect for the guy whatsoever. You know, no. it, it, just the way he's manuf- he seems to be manufacturing moves uh, is just disgusting, to be honest. And it's and not, you're right, he's he's not. He's not quite as good as what he thinks he is. No, no, he's not. And he should have stayed at Barcelona for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why Why would you move? That is the best footballing club side. So, exactly. you know, Real Madrid, all right, they have the Galacticos and stuff, and they do compete with Barcelona. But just in terms of pure football, Barcelona have been at the top for a while now. Exactly. And, and to be fair, if he does move, Dave, that will all... all pulling together the final piece of the jigsaw of what they said last year, that he was only moving there because Barcelona won't sell him direct to Real Madrid. So, yeah. it, yeah. And it's supposed to be his old man who runs everything and he's engineering all this stuff because he got a massive cut, didn't he, the deal? I think he got about 20 million, his old man, for him moving to Paris Saint-Germain. So yeah. it's just greed, pure greed. I understand he's probably from a shanty town in the middle of Rio and all that, and they've never had the money, but it just goes beyond that now, doesn't it? And and the money he's making commercially, I just don't think, for something like this, when you're injured like this, and I don't think Brazil have got the the team and that, you know, William and people like that, great players. I know they've got Fred, who signed for United and that, but I don't really know much about him. I can't hand on heart say they're absolutely will be as I just think the good technical footballers and when it going gets tough a bit like France they, they become a bit wanting when they have to get someone like Germany you've got the mental toughness so I'd be interesting to see how it plays out Dave but I'm totally in agreement with you yeah yeah and then we're into we're into Monday's games so we have Sweden v South Korea uh Sweden I'm going with that 2-0 to Sweden I'm gonna go 1-0 Sweden, yeah, they don't uh, they don't you know again a good solid side don't don't concede many. South Korea no pushovers, but uh, yeah, I think I think we will. And actually, I might I might have some of Ben's predictions, but let's go through ours and then I'll I'll come back and I'll give Ben's you sort of yeah, yeah. drip feeding them through to me. Um, next one we got Belgium Panama. Uh, I think Belgium all the way. I don't think it's going to be as easy as what they're saying, but I'm going to go one nil to Belgium. I'm going to go three nil. Panama, you know, again, I'm sure they'll put put up a good fight, but I think Belgium will have too much class for class for them. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to Tunisia against England. Two. One to England. I really want England to do the business, actually. I'll be honest with you. I really do. I've not really seen much of the qualifying. I've been a proper fair weather fan these last few years, as you know. But I do. I'm, I'm quietly optimistic that they're going to have a good tournament. I think Tunisia will score first and England will do the business. I kind of think this might be nil-nil. Yeah. 
just because it's England. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit gonna put my heart before my head. I think a little bit. I'm gonna go one nil England. Yeah. I, th- I think it's gonna be tense. I think it's gonna be ugly. Um, but I think they'll do just enough. So basically, an England tournament game. Which is what we used to get, yeah. Yeah, there'll be some drama somewhere along the line, Dave. You know that. Yeah. So so that's all of our predictions. So I've got, I do have Sunday's predictions from Ben. So he's gone 2-1 Serbia. Yep. And then for Germany, Mexico, he's gone 3-0. That's not bad. Different. Yeah. Then Brazil, Switzerland, he's gone 2-0 Brazil. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think the 3-0, I've got 3-1, you've gone 4 and he's gone 3-0, so that's fair enough. We're all roundabout, aren't we? So we're not giving Mexico any hope in that game. No, so again, lump on Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the way to go, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what's called Ben the Octopus, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, it's Paul, isn't it? The the German octopus who uh, <laughs> who made all those predictions in Germany. Yeah, he's not sadly not here now. He's in the uh, great calamari in the sky, Dave. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's not too much to report on the fantasy league, is there? As well, so I think we could probably talk a bit more about that in the. Um, after after the first round of games, we could probably talk a little bit more about that. So at the moment, I've got hardly any points. <laughs> yeah, me I think too. I, I've got two because Isco played. He played. I thought he played really well. He's played about as well as I've seen him play. But wasn't it, you know in a game that had six goals, he wasn't involved in any of them. So so he got two points, and then I think I had I think I had Mascherano. Uh, actually, Griezmann scored, didn't he? So I've got a few points from that. But let's, uh, whenever we're recording after that first round of games, we'll uh, sort of have a look, see how the three of us are doing. Yeah, because I'm just looking at the league now, and I've got Griezmann as my captain, but I'm still only on three points because I tell yeah, people, and I won't it. Totted him up, yeah. Because we were laughing, me and Dave, that we've got 28 people in the league at the moment, maybe more. You know, by yeah, the end I think of it. it's 40, 40 or so. 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I'm only showing 28 unless there's more. So you, if you click at the bottom, oh, right. oh, well, that's more, more people. Oh, well, that's, that's fine then. So we're not that bad. Just on my screen. So I'm 27 for your 28th and you've got two. I've got three. But we do know that obviously we've got more than that. And a lot of our um, Asian followers have joined the league, Dave, which is quite good as well. Yeah, yeah. Really good to see everyone involved. I'm pleased with that. So I, uh, I've picked Harry Kane for my captain. So I'm really hoping. It, I've called it as a one nil. I'm hoping he's got that one goal in him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah. Um, anything else, Chris? No, I've I've been scouring for news, Dave. I just thought I think the news that we had was all surrounding VAR and the Spain Portugal game at the moment. I'm sure there's going to be controversy between now and when we next record, which I presume is going to be is it possibly Tuesday when we record after the England uh, game? So when uh, Monday after Monday. the England game. All oh, right, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's fine. It's yeah. Saturday now, isn't it? So if we're aiming for every couple of days. Yeah, Monday after the game, that'd be better for us both to have a chat anyway. Yeah, yeah, it'll be raw and fresh, won't it? So it'll either be it's it's 
it's going to be a win, lose, or a draw, really, isn't it? So it's either yeah. going to be uh, full overdrive optimism, or we're going out with the worst team that's ever played. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and I will hold my hands up, Dave. I know you have a, as we said, you respect um, Ronaldo, but you obviously hate him as a person. But I'll be honest with you, Dave. The person I'm going to be pinpointing for anything that goes wrong with England is Jordan Henderson because I absolutely hate that guy. So it doesn't matter <laughs> if he gets a hat trick and we get beat four three. It's going to be his fault. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, it's, you know, is, is he going to go with Henderson? Is he going to go with Dyer? You know, the, I think he'll play with um, with one sitting. With one deep lying midfielder, yeah, he's got two Lingard and Deli Ali as the two forward players. Yeah, which and, again, you know, we 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 touched on. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't us, was it? It, it? it was off the podcast, but we were going back to the whole Lampard Gerrard Scholes thing. Yeah, and England, you know, tried to put him put Scholes out on the left. And, you know, it was just that conundrum of how do you fit all these great players? Because you had Beckham out on the right as well. And the type of formations teams play now probably would have suited that team a little bit better, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, if you'd have had, you know, you said to Gerard, you you be the deep line, you you be the, the Jordan Henderson, if you like, spray it around from the back and let Scholes and Lampard be your two forward players, but then you're going to have to uh, sacrifice either Rooney or Owen. Yeah. So you're going to play one up top. So, you know, they, they, they might have, you know, if those same players came through now, I think most teams play with the 4-5-1, don't they? Yeah, they do. Most yeah. of a 4-4-2 when it was back then, and they, they were trying to fit all those midfielders into that team. But yeah, point being, I, I think Henderson might not play, so you might not have to swear at the TV too much. No, I'm, I'm only joking, Dave. <laughs> it reminds me very much of like when we had like for United, like Tom Cleverley, even Carrick sometimes, when it's too negative. You've got to have someone there who's treading water. I understand that. The old Deschamps role sort of thing from years gone by and people like that. And, you know, Michael uh, Essien and that, but and Malbacalele, but they're just not technically good enough. So you end up with th- these players fitting. And I don't think Dyer's that good, to be honest, Dave. I don't think between Dyer yeah. and Henderson, there's much difference, if I'm being honest. When I saw Dyer and they were going on about him being like this German prodigy from the German, you know, youth setups and all this rubbish. And then when he actually played for England in the last, in the Euros, I was thinking he's not all that good. No, I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I, I actually think Henderson's a bit more dynamic. Now, what, yeah. Dyer gives you is just a bit more physical presence at the back, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yes. and certainly on the corners and things like that. You've got an extra centre back who's also not bad on the floor as well. You know, so so that's what he brings. I actually think he'll probably go with Henderson because, you know, maybe against Belgium he'll put Dyer in, you know, where you you're gonna be doing a bit more defending. But against Tunisia, I think Henderson's not got a bad range of passing. Um, when he's up for it. I, th- I think the problem with Henderson, it's like, uh, uh, it's not Goldilocks, is it? It's one of the old nursery rhymes. You know, when he's good, he's very good. And when, when he's, he's bad, bad, he's absolutely yeah. awful, you know? Yeah. And he hasn't, he, he had a decent run in at the end of the season for us, but it, there was a lot of fans on his back. 
you know and, and a lot of a lot of people are looking for an upgrade to be honest and and we've brought in a couple of midfielders he's not guaranteed a starting place in Liverpool next year no no I think Dave do you, I mean obviously you're a coach and you're doing your coaching badges and you know and and you've done some and you you, you know you're building up your, your full portfolio of badges and that but what I think with Henderson is and it's very much like I've said some of the players have said like cleverly and and people like that even Carrick and stuff is it seems to be something inherent with these midfielders in the in England that they don't obviously Deli Ali is something different but he's come from the lower leagues but the ones who've come through the proper youth system in England playing for the youth uh, teams and all the way up to like under 21s there's this ball retention thing where what it does is it, it, John Henderson might have an absolutely marvelous range of passing but because he's worried about losing the ball it's too many square balls. And he's not the only one. I've seen it at Old Trafford. I'm not just picking him out because he's a Liverpool uh, mm-hmm. uh, And I, I don't know whether that's something in the, with England in itself where it they stifle players who've got a bit of something. Because like Gerard, Gerard was great. He, all right, he might lose a pass, but he was he was willing to take the chance to punt a ball over the top or push it sideways like a Scholes was. They had that range of passing where they were looking to go forward. Whereas a lot of these midfielders now, they all seem to want to go backwards. And, and I think that's yeah. what the frustration is with the Liverpool fans. And like we have at Old Trafford with certain players who've come through from that. Then they've played all the way through. It's just that ball retention, ball retention. Tom Cleverley had a 97% ball retention average. But what did he ever do with the ball, Dave? I couldn't tell you. Do you know what I mean? I, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. So, I mean, I can give a, I can give one thing that I was quite surprised about. So, the FA talk a lot. Well, actually, be- before I go about what the FA do talk about, what I will say is the players that come through and generally play for England, they're probably in the academy system from a very early age. Yeah. So they don't get coached by grassroots coaches like me because they're already in the academies. You know, they uh, maybe in under six, under sevens. All right. They, they, spend a bit of time, but they're picked up pretty quickly and then they're in the academy system. So the FA doesn't really have a lot of influence over how those kids are coached. Yeah. Or they, they try and have influence, but they've got no direct governance or anything over it. No. Now, one of the things the coach, I, I was asking quite a few questions when I was on there because it's genuinely interesting stuff, you know, as a coach, but as a fan as well. They talk a lot about England DNA, and it's about all the things. So so in the past, the FA's tried to look abroad and tried to look at, well, what are Spain doing? What are Brazil doing? What are France doing to bring through all these players? Now, at the moment, they're saying, actually, let's let's just embrace what we are. Let's look at what England is and all the good things that we do and try and build on top of that. I don't mean 1992 when you had players like Carlton Palmer and Keith Curl playing and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean that sort of England. The England that we love. And one of the things was that uh, about how positive you should be in transition. The game has basically got three elements to it. You're either in possession. Yeah. You're out of possession or you're in transition. Okay, so you're either, you've just lost the ball, transition being you've just lost the ball, or you've just got the ball back. 
And I was quite surprised. They kept drumming it into us. When you're in transition, that is your moment of opportunity. So be positive. As soon as you win the ball, make, look to make a forward pass if you can. Yeah. And so I was actually, I was genuinely surprised by that because, again, like what you've said, for years now, we've seen that build and retain, you know, and, and it's like, well, the the continental teams they keep the ball a lot better than us so we sort of think oh well right to be good players we need to just we need to keep the ball better but i don't think that that's not the message that the fa are giving and the further up the pitch you get the more your passing completion percentage is going to go down isn't it if you're taking chances they're not all going to come off but that one that comes off you know you put someone through to get a clear clear goal scoring chance so i but again it it's going to take years before you really see the benefits of that come through yeah and i think yeah. you know we'll, we'll have this conversation again maybe in 5 years time and see all oh, right we've got all these these real top quality players but i, I guess the the other part to it is you know if you go down i mean you you spent quite a bit of holiday time in like Spain and stuff, haven't you? Yeah. If you go around the beach and you see the Spanish lads play, it's not about scoring goals a lot of the time, is it? No, it's a heck. They, they're doing the fancy little flicks and stuff and they're trying to, you know, do all these tricks and win with style. It's, it's part of their DNA and how they want to see the game played and how they're, they're playing it on the parks and the beaches and stuff. So I think it's just a lot of that as well, I think. So I, I, I don't think it is a systematic thing now where you're going to get all players who, you know, just want to pass the ball backwards. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say, sort of in defense of Henderson, and, and if Ben was on, he'd, he'd probably have a bit of a chuckle because I've laid into Henderson this season probably as many as much as anyone. But in, wow, which season was it? 2013, 2014, when we ran City close to to winning the league. I actually think Liverpool lost the league when Henderson got sent off against Man City because he was outstanding that season. But he's had a couple of injuries and he's really not come back the same player. He he looked like that real box-to-box good technical player his first touch when he first came to the club even though he didn't gel into the team that well was as good as as I'd seen from anyone but Klopp seems to be playing him Klopp seems convinced that he's like this deep lying midfielder now yeah yeah whereas I I don't think I think he's a very very average midfielder if you put him there so yeah let's see Let's see. I hope he has a blinding tournament. Let's put it that yeah, way. I'll, I'll eat my words, us, Dave. Proves us both wrong. Exactly. But yeah, sorry to segue off that. I just thought it'd be an interesting no, right. conversation, especially with how you know how much it's going to be analysed and criticised. Whatever performance England put in, there's going to be issues with it, Dave. The press are just going to have a field day, aren't they? So, um, you know, as long as it, even when it's positive, they can find the negatives in it, can't they? So, Especially when it's a World Cup, so I'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But it'll be interesting on Monday just to sort of 
have a chat, catch up where we were on the predictions and where we write about like, you know, I mean, I mean, it'd be interesting with Ben as well, what he thinks, but we'll discuss that on Monday if he can make the podcast. Yeah. So I, I think he should be there. He's at a wedding today. So couldn't make today, but he'll, he'll be there on Monday. He's struggling with his Wi-Fi at the minute, but he's just sent me England 2-0 Tunisia. Oh, that's all right. And I'll get the Panama and Belgium and Sweden and South Korea predictions off him later. Okay, cool. So, should we should we wrap it up there with some plugs? Exactly. Let's go for it, Dave. You can go first if you like. Okay, so we were just talking about coaching as well. And actually, I will have a bit of a wine, Chris. So I was at this football tournament and it was uh, it was kind of an awards day right at the end of the season. And so we we had about 220 players turn up. So for the for the club, all different age groups. And then we have a little tournament. So we mix up all the players. So I typically coach a girls team, but, you know, we've got one girls teams uh, and about four different boys teams. So each of the coaches, there were six coaches. So we each had a team. And so I took uh, I took a team and we won three matches. So it was five matches played, won three, drew two. So I'm thinking, oh, we've got a good chance here of winning the league. We were top of the league. Oh, and there's, uh, so it was just a league and whoever wins, you know, wins the tournament for the day and lost it on goal difference. <laughs> oh, killer. I was gutted. But um, yeah, it's all it's all. It's all about development at this age, they say. But it was right there. I was so convinced, and and you know the boys, and and I had one of one of my girls as well playing as well. They they did really well. But oh, so the first plug is uh, is the grassroots coach cast. If you're interested in coaching football or soccer at the youth level, at the grassroots level, then get across there and have a listen to us. So myself and Ben, we talk about all of our experiences, both good and bad, and what kind of things are going on. Um, We'll basically try and give a perspective as if it was giving ourselves advice, you know, things that we'd have liked to have known, you know, someone would have told us before we started out to give us a, a little bit of a head start. So, so yeah, that's one. Um, Chris, have you got, have you got one? I have. I've got a couple of little ones. Um, I've got our sister podcast, the chat footy gossip podcast, which is our daily transfer news and speculation around the world of football with a couple of world cup stories thrown in, which is sort of like a subplot for this one, Dave, where we go more in depth, but it's mainly transfers um, and then also I've got the contextual podcast, which is mine, which is on Twitter at CPod78 and on YouTube at CPod78. And then finally, as we said in the last episode, my vlog has gone up, which has been well received, Dave. It's been up for about four hours and I've already, I've, I've done in about a hundred views so far across Facebook and oh, YouTube. Wow. So that, I've done well. So I've got some comments as well, which is nice. And then, That'll go up, and it's a four-part thing now. So the second part's gone up. Part three is tomorrow morning. Part four tomorrow night. But I've got some real positive responses to it. But the one thing I have learned is sort your sound stuff out. I need proper mics because my mic broke. I got an eBay cheapo special, and then I end up having to use my headphones, you know, mic, which isn't the best. So, but anyway, so them vlogs have gone up, and they're coming under our entertainment thing, which Dave, you will definitely have the links for them tomorrow for the uh, posting this one up. And also, uh, what about yourself, Dave? There's one big one because obviously 
you've got to mention about the grass coach and our other podcast where they are in the iTunes charts i I could do that couldn't i so we we've put a little bit of effort into marketing over the last few days and so both the grassroots coach cast and the comics in motion podcast they're actually quite high on the on the itunes charts at the minute so uh i don't know if that lasts for about a day or (laughs) or what but yeah they're doing quite well and uh i see two croatia just gone two nil up see that See penalty, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're gonna nail it again, aren't you? Well, I got two nil. You've got two nil. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I don't. I didn't think I had. They have two nil. Oh no, it's Ben. Ben's ben. got two nil. Yeah, no, you've got two one. Great, uh, Nigeria. So you're you're out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Can't do it. Oh, you're so out. Ben nails it. I'll be bottom of the league. Oh, oh <laughs> okay so anyway so on the on the comics in motion yeah so both are doing quite well in itunes and hopefully we'll pick up a few extra um a few extra listeners from that and i will probably uh, probably not tonight probably at some point tomorrow manage to finish off editing the um so we're going to do a cobra kai episode or rather we have recorded it i just need to edit it brilliant and um yeah so probably by the time i've released this one uh that comics in motion one will, will also be out as well so for those uninitiated i did see uh i, I saw my mum earlier today i said oh you know what you want to watch you want to watch that cobra kai and looked at me as if i was speaking swahili or something so if, if you're not familiar with cobra kai those were the baddies out of the old 80s karate kid movie and uh they've just come out with a new youtube series so it's a lot of fun to going through go through and review that one and a lot of fun watching it as well yeah well, absolutely it's high, highly recommended spoilers. by both of us spoilers <laughs> spoiler alert for the podcast even yeah. out yeah brilliant but no that's been great dave so uh episode three's in the bag it's another podcast <laughs> under our banner of the whatever entertainment network Thanks, everyone, for listening and downloading. We've had some good downloads on this podcast, even though we're on episode three. The first two have been well-received. And also, myself and Dave are opening this out to anybody. If you want to come on and talk to us about the World Cup and that, you know, by all means, come on. The whole idea of this wasn't just for me and Dave. It's a format of roundtable chat. Ben's going to be a regular. But obviously, you know, people have commitments. Myself and Dave might not be on every episode, so we're quite happy for any of the listeners to come on and chat with us. And, you know, just talk football. We're all fans at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have some people lined up, don't we? And yep. we did have uh, <laughs> we did have a few lined up for, for the last couple, but one thing and another, it, it just didn't quite come off. But, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully next week we'll have a few more, few more voices, a few more different perspectives and uh, talking about the tournament. Exactly. Brilliant stuff. All right, well, Dave, I'm going to let you lead us out, Dave. And um, what have you got to say for everyone? Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the tournament as much as we are. And I hope you're enjoying listening as well. And hopefully I'll see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, love's got the world in motion. I'm gonna take a bath and I'm gonna skip around I'm gonna take a bath and I'm gonna skip around
Lewis, back in the USSR.